Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and welcome to today's show, which we're going to talk about I can, uh, two words that can change everything. Um, if you've got any uh, questions uh, about this show or want me to pose uh, a question to our guest, if we have time, um, it is Chris at BeMoreAchieveMore.com, so feel free to email me during the show. Now, I hope you've all had a great week, and I hope you enjoyed listening to Andy Lapata and Marianne Abipesh last week. We were talking about the art of influencing, and that was a, a very fun interview to handle with some really lively um, Anglo-French debate. Um, so thoroughly enjoyed that. It's great to have you both on the show. Now, this week, um, I have to start with a little bit of a downer because uh, my guest Richard and I and many people involved in the Professional Speaking Association in the, sh- in the UK were shell-shocked with the untimely death of one of our colleagues, um, a friend, a big inspirational personality to many, Kenny Harris. Um, I'd intended to have Kenny on the show to talk about creativity later this year, and we send our very deepest wishes to his family and friends. Our thoughts are with you. And it's so difficult adjusting to the removal of those important landmark people in your life. And it's wonderful when, like Kenny, they leave you with so many gifts and fond memories. So our guest today knows more than most about dealing with difficult times, and, and they might not have always have left him with fond memories. Um, but yeah, thank you, Kenny. Um, perhaps you've had self-doubts about whether you can achieve your full potential. Maybe you felt held back by your upbringing, had some bad luck along the way, maybe lost your job in the downturn or struggling hard to make progress right now with your business. Or even if you've got a huge job with a heavy workload, sometimes a busy family life, things can seem tough. And sometimes in this situation, I think it really helps to realize that there are other people out there who've also had really challenging situations and have gone on to triumph over adversity. Whatever your situation We can all learn something from my guest today, Richard McCann. The first time I met Richard, I sat in an event in London next to him, and I'd heard he was an author, a speaker, and I decided he seemed pleasant, looked successful. I thought perhaps he was a little preoccupied. What I didn't know was that he'd been brought up on the at-risk register as a child until his mother was very sadly murdered by the notorious Yorkshire Ripper, which sent him on a downward spiral. He experienced foster homes, children's home, a violent upbringing by his estranged father, and 
I'd have never guessed that Richard had left with no qualifications, was kicked out of the army, that he'd served a prison sentence for a drugs offence, that his home had been about to be repossessed, that he'd hit rock bottom and considered taking his life. However, somehow he found the determination to turn his life around and fight for a better future. You know, today is so different for Richard. He's married with a beautiful family of his own. His first book, Just a Boy, was a Sunday Times number one bestseller. It sold almost half a million copies. He's a high-demand international speaker. He's written two further books. The BBC made a film about him, and he puts his now significant life success down to his I Can Attitude, which is the title of his latest book. My perception of Richard, I've got to know him, is that he's... Uh, that, um, has grown and grown, and I understand now why he might have been preoccupied when I first met him. In April, I watched him sign lots of books after an event, and I have to confess, I had a tear in my eye thinking of where he come from and where he is now. I'm absolutely delighted to have him on the show. I think we need to consider and apply his ICAM principles very seriously, and thousands of people are doing it. So let's find out more about Richard's life and why the ICAM attitude is inspiring so many people around the world. Welcome, Richard McCann. Hello there, Chris. That sounds fantastic, that introduction. You're very welcome. Well, you, you deserve it all. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought maybe we could start because I know you had a great honour this week. You, uh, you actually held and ran with the Olympic torch. Is that right? What was that like? It was incredible, actually, Chris. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've known about this for some time and, and I think I've put it to the back of my mind. But, I mean, I speak to some very large audiences, but... But but uh, running through the the streets of Leeds with that torch, you know, surrounded by these 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 you know the, the local people that many of whom I knew was incredible. It was just something that I'm never ever going to forget. And, and in fact, I can't put into words what it felt like. It was just electric. Amazing. And I bet if a number of years ago you'd never imagined something like that happening. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. But um, glad that I did. <laughs> well done. I, I just maybe we can start. Well, let's start with the tough, tough bit in this first section. I mean, you know, maybe you could start by just articulating to us your childhood and what it was like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, to say it was, it was a tough uh, start the first five years. Uh, lots of drink, uh, drugs as well in the house, violence, uh, social services involvement. I mean, mum and dad weren't doing a very good job of bringing us up. I mean, that's... Um, it wasn't unusual for, for where I was living. I was living in what we call a sink estate, you know, high levels of poverty, etc. Um, but my life was, was turned upside down. Well, it was a week before my sixth birthday, actually, when my mum went out drinking and, and we never saw her again. Um, obviously, you've described what, what took place and, and, and she was murdered. But, of course, I didn't know that back then. But, uh, but it, I mean, I realised I'd lost my mum and I couldn't comprehend that because as a five-year-old boy, you, you don't know about life and death. So, um, I, 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 I absolutely did not know what was going to happen next in the children's home, and um, I was I was in a pretty bad place, fair to say. But um, you know, I, the following year we, we were placed with my father, and um, and, and actually being placed with my father, I thought was 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 a good thing. Uh, I thought it was going to, I thought it was a fresh start, in fact. And uh, but it didn't turn out that way uh, because my father was a very violent man. I mean, he drowned the dog in the bath. He used to beat us with sticks. Um, not all the time, you know, but a lot of the time. And, and when he wasn't being violent, we were scared of him. We were walking on eggshells around him. So, um, yeah, pretty negative place. Didn't think I was going to achieve anything. So to be, to be carrying that Olympic torch on Sunday was, well, it's, it's been an incredible journey. I, I just wonder, I mean, as, as a child, 
most of us you know have you know situations where you know maybe somebody does something unpleasant to us or, or say something unpleasant to us but the the kind of things that happen to you and I, I know just those little things can have a big impact on your self-image and we, we had a show a couple of shows really about self-image self-esteem confidence recently and I, I just wondered how did that impact your self-image and how could you process and come to terms with what happened to you well well my self-image was was a very poor one I I imagined that we would just not that I knew this term, but like second-class citizens, we we were we were the the in the gutter. We had no money in the house. I was associated with this serial killer. Um, my clothes were all scruffy, second-hand, and uh, my hair was never cut by a hairdresser. It was my dad, and my so my self-image was pretty poor. Uh, on top of, or I guess, exacerbated by the fact that everybody was talking about what was taking place, and, and so I knew that they knew about my mum, and and I felt kind of. As if because they knew people just like looked down at us, and, and some people did in society. Um, so, so it was, I guess it was at rock bottom, my self image, um, although it didn't remain that way, I'm glad to say. But uh, and initially, in those first few, few years, probably until I became a teenager, is when I started to kind of have a better self image. But, but those early years were pretty poor. And you know, what was, what was teenage life? like for you i know you went into the the army didn't you after well, the end of it yeah well that, that was when i became a, a 19 that was um so i guess the the, the late the later teenage years you know 13 14 I, I kind of joined a little gang and um and i thought they didn't know about mum because i'd started at a new school but actually they did know i've some, subsequently found out so on the face of it I was a bit of a comedian at school as a teenager and i think that was just the front i was putting on to to mask how low I felt uh, about myself and how inferior I felt. But yes, yeah, you did, you're right, I did go into the army and try and make a, a fresh start. Uh, so absolutely nobody knew whatsoever. Um, unfortunately for me, um, uh, Marshall Cavendish brought out a magazine about Mum's Killer, which found its way back to the regiment, and people put two and two together and were asking me about it. And, and I, I felt like I'd stepped back in time, you know, not as good as other people. And... Uh, well, I'm not sure I've got the time to go into detail, but I had a bit of a breakdown and was finally kicked out uh, and given a label uh, as a person with a personality disorder, they said. I, I know one of the things that I've seen you speak, and it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of poignant, but it's, it's a, an additional thing you say about yourself. You say all these things, then you say, and I had ginger hair. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, just, that's just me using um, self-depreciation. But actually, if I, when I do think about it, when I was a young child, 8, 9, 10, the fact that I had ginger hair was something I wasn't happy about. I, mean, I did get picked on. It was only low-level stuff, but and it still goes on today, actually. So I, I kind of celebrate my uniqueness now with my ginger hair. So that when I speak now as an adult, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a joke. I've got three wonderful ginger children, so I'm, I'm trying to kind of uh, make it a positive thing, and, and so I should. <laughs> I remember in my my later uh, teens, my my hair started going just a little bit little bit thin, and I got lots and lots of stick for that, and and I got stick in my college days, and and it's funny. I always said I'll have the last laugh, and now I'm in my forties, and I look at those friends who tease me, and I've got pretty good head of hair, and uh, they've got none. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It will last last. Um, very good. So so tell us tell us about. You got convicted. You went and got into drugs, and then you, you, you say you got locked up in prison. I mean, I did. 
uh, and I think the, the reason I got involved in drugs was because I'd left all my army friends in the army over in Germany and I came back to the UK. I didn't really have many friends, so the, the group of people I was working with in this warehouse, they were taking drugs, and I started hanging around with them, and uh, I had no idea where it was all going to lead, but, you know, I ended up losing a job. Two of my friends died as well on, on drugs, and, and, and I, one of the things I'm most ashamed of in my life is the fact that I started dealing in drugs. Because I got all this attention, I suppose. Oh, he's, he's the guy with the drugs. We can get them off. And I was always, I was this really, you know, um, person that people came to, and and um, it was all to end tragically or disastrously, shall I say, when I got convicted of a drugs offence and sent to prison. Funnily enough, the same prison that my mum's killer was sent to uh, when he um, when he was first arrested. And it was a, it was a massive. I mean, this is 1997, 15 years ago, but it was a pretty low time and, 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 and it wasn't something I thought was ever going to bounce back from. <clears throat> I, I know you, you had a point when you're in the prison where you almost wanted to end it. Um, you know, what, that must have been an incredibly low place to be. Well, it was. I mean, I actually found a guy that uh, tried to kill himself in prison. That, that was a shocking sight, I'll never forget. But actually, it, it, was, it was on coming out of prison when, when, when I had nothing to almost, well, I thought I had nothing to live for. That, that's when I seriously thought about taking my life and, uh, and you know, started to make plans to do that. Thankfully, I didn't. I did it. Well, I formed a suicide pact with my sister, who was in a pretty bad place herself, um, on release from prison. But um, thankfully, I didn't do that anyway, and, uh, and, and I've lived to tell the tale. We've got a couple of minutes till we go to commercial break, and I just wonder, in that time, I mean, what's your reaction to people who would, you know, brand people maybe like yourself who've had a tough life and end up in jail as criminal no hopers? Well, I have to say that nobody ever says that to me. Um, but if somebody were to say to, that to me, what well, see, well, I, in my experience, what happens? What, what tends to happen, and I experienced this when I came out of prison, was we get given a sentence, let's say it's a two-year sentence, um, you serve your time, you come out, and then certain people in society decide that, actually, yes, you've had your two-year sentence or whatever it is, but we're going to give you a life sentence because we're not going to give you a job. You're a hoper. And, and, I mean, how on earth are we supposed to give people an opportunity to turn their lives around if, if society is going to you know, judge them in this way and, and, and brand them as no-hopers? It's... Um, it's, it's uh, it, it, it hurts me um, to hear people say that because actually the reason I was actually going to kill myself is because nobody would give me a job when I first came out of prison after about 25 interviews. I mean, people were even saying to me, you're perfect, but you've got a criminal record. We can't set you on. Um, thankfully, I did um, lie on my last interview just before the house was taken from me. I lied and didn't say I'd been to prison and, and I, I started, the, I guess, the turnaround from that point on. But I had to lie to keep the house. Not a good place to be. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, I think your story is, you know, is, is a is a wonderful, inspiring one for people who may find themselves in that that situation. Um, and uh, we'll come on to after the commercial break more about you know how you turn things around, um, how um, you created, and what is your ICANN philosophy, uh, and also why um, absolutely nobody in this world would describe you as a no hoper now. So um, we'll be back again in a couple of minutes. Okay. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
booster your business. Come join Jenny B and discover the keys to your success. Each week, our program will help you earn more cash and rewards with less effort. You may even be inspired to join the lucrative world of party planning and direct sales. Discover how you can boost bookings, sales, and recruits. Come learn what you need to do to build your team with recognition and rewards. Listen for Booster Your Business with Jenny B. every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of uh, BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm with Richard McCann. And if you have any question for us, uh, please do feel free to uh, send a question uh, across to me at Chris at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. Now, we were, before the break, we got to the point where Richard was explaining about you know, being in a situation of coming out of prison, 25 job interviews, no job, about to lose his home. And I, I just wondered, Richard... What was the catalyst for turning your life around and then discovering your I can philosophy? Yeah, the catalyst, I have to say, was after that uh, attempt at a suicide pact with my sister, because she actually took the tablets, the very day we discussed it, and then asked me to join her um, in, in, in killing ourselves, that, that was the thing that woke me up like an electric shock, like a bolt of lightning, and... Um, I, I quickly snapped out of that kind of negative place that I was and, and, and sit and got Sonia to hospital and they saved her. That was the turning point. That, that was the catalyst. And, um, and I decided to you know, go for one last interview and that's the one that I, I had to lie to get the job. Uh, but that was the start of my recovery, I suppose, the, the, the turnaround. And, uh, and off I went and, uh, and, and continued then to do what I'd actually always done in my life and which was always try to propel myself forward in some way. It didn't just start at that point, you know, I could have gone the other way when I got kicked out of the army, I could have been mugging people, and, but no, I've always tried to kind of get back on the ladder and then start the, you know, the journey again, just what well, I've heard that term, bounce back ability, that, that kind of thing. Great. I, I've read your book, I Can, and I would recommend anybody to buy a copy of it. It's a great book and you should be very proud of it. Thank you. Uh, there's four key principles and some really inspirational stories against each. Let's start with the, the first one, which I know is the I stands for importance of positivity. I wonder how can you remain positive when life has had, you know, for you so many, uh, for a period of time, downs, and you know, I know you've had a lot of ups since, but life is full of ups and downs. How can you remain positive? I, I, I think, Chris, it's, it, it's to do with 
understanding, even when mum first died, I had a choice. I could remain depressed, negative, and focus on the fact that I'd lost my mum, or I could scratch around and try and find something good about that situation. And I know it shocks me to even think, think of this, but I told myself that my mum had been taken to give us a better life with my dad and his girlfriend. I'd not listened to any speakers, I'd not read any books, but somewhere, I mean, I mean it's, kind of, it's almost like common sense. You've got a, a set of situation, uh, circumstances, how can we make it best for us? And it's got to be better for us to find something positive about it. Um, so, so I guess that's what it's been with me ever since. And, uh, and there have been some really dark times along the way. And sadly, we lost my sister Sonia four years ago, which once again devastated me. Uh, but I can remember when it happened straight away to try and deal with it better. I tried to find something good about it. And I told myself that she'd been taken and uh, she was now at peace because she was always depressed and on tablets, and she's now with my mum, she's, a, she, you know, and it was only an hour, an hour of an understanding of suicide, and I can help other people who may go through something for themselves within the family. So that positivity has been with me. I mean, there's more to positive than just going through a tragedy. You know, it's, it's also about, you know, especially now in these difficult economic times, it's, it's, it's about what you can do, not what you can't do, you know. Or, or it's about what is working. What, what is working in your business? Do, do some, spend some more time doing the stuff that does work. And um, or you know, for the leaders out there, it's about finding the positives in their people. Because when people find, when, when someone found some positive is it in me, some strengths in me, I, I grow each time. You know, there's various people on the way. We've got time for them now. But, you know, my English teacher, for example, who was a great role model and uh, an inspiration for me he was able to help me see something in me that I didn't see for myself and um, so that positive is a massive subject and um, and I think it's just a choice it's got to be better for me to, to find something uh, positive in a negative situation so, so what I'm taking from that is that we've all got a choice with any situation that occurs in terms of what we make it mean and how we interpret it yeah uh, and some of those things blockers whereas other others actually create great freedom perhaps yeah and i mean let's i'm not let, let's not let's keep it clear here. i'm not saying to people and i don't say this from the stage don't worry just focus on the positive i mean when you lose a member of your family i mean look we've just lost one of our fellow speakers this week you're not going to say to somebody don't worry about it just focus on the positive and you'll be okay i'm not saying that what i'm saying is um, when we have some time for reflection um, and we, we focus on the time that we spent with certain individuals or the good that they did, or, the, or it can just make it slightly easier to cope with. But you can't wipe away the pain. You know, you've got to go through that painful process depending on what it is. There's, there's a lovely uh, section in the book around the importance of positivity where you talk about do the right thing even mm. if no one's looking. Uh, and I like that idea about doing the right thing. I just wonder if you could maybe share maybe a, an example of what you mean by that. Well, doing the right thing, it's, I mean, it's just got to be good for us, and I mean, it's the right thing to do anyway, but an example, uh, I mean, there's loads, but if, if you remember from the book I wrote about how I had my computer, um, I had my computer repaired at the local PC World, whatever it was, and um, it was going to cost me £40, and, but then I got a phone call to say, actually, you need a new hard drive, and it's going to cost you another £80 or whatever it was, but when I went to pay for it, they didn't charge me for the hard drive. The girl on the counter did not know that I'd had a new hard drive. So doing the right thing, I mean, I had a choice. Do I, go, do I walk away from there 
keep the money and buy myself a new shirt or do I do the right thing and uh, yeah we have to do the right thing and uh, so that's what that's uh, I've not always done the right thing selling drugs to people is not the right thing so some of the stuff that I share is because I've learned the hard way you know how it's not a good thing to do and uh, so I mean that's what I've done I, I mean ever since writing my book I've tried to do the right thing and um including which I shared yesterday on on, on YouTube including forgiving Peter Sutcliffe for killing my mum I feel as though that is the right thing to do and um and I've, you know in recent well two years ago found found the strength to do that and I think that's doing the right thing but of course everybody's got their own individual journey to go on and how, how did you do that did you write to him or well I mean I did write to him yeah. um but that's not how it was it was watching or uh, being in the audience when Desmond Tutu was sharing a seminar in London two years ago about forgiveness, about the atrocities in South Africa, and it absolutely just blew me away, and it came out with this sentence that really did it for me, along the lines of, you can never force a person to forgive another, but when it occurs, it has the capacity to change a situation. And when I heard those words, or to that effect, it, it just was like a light bulb moment. Yes, I can't bring the mum back, but I could change the situation by letting go any anger that I've got and uh, any bitterness or seeking revenge. And, and, and it's something I've done. And even, even today, I've been, been cut up on the, on the road by drivers. I'm not even batting an eyelid. Let it go, because there's no point. And, uh, and that's what I did there. I think that's a great message. Let it, let it go. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to the sea of I can, which I know is courage creates success. Um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, a friend of mine who's been on this show before, Nigel Vardy, um, he was talking at an event that I was hosting, my Achiever program, uh, and he's lost his fingers, toes, nose to frostbite. And then he went on and gained a British climbing record, and you know, it took enormous courage to do that. And I just wonder, you know, what's your experience around courage and maybe how it's helped you sort of one set of, at a time yeah. achieve what you've achieved? Yeah, I mean, I've heard Nigel Vardy speak. He's incredible and fantastic story. I think courage for me, well, first of all, I think courage is important for all of us because um, stepping outside what some people call your comfort zone, I believe, is where we access those inner reserves that we've all got to, to do a little bit more with our lives. And I think the first time that I was courageous, um, the most significant time I was at the age of 13, it was the English teacher that I mentioned earlier. He encouraged me to enter the school public speaking competition now, having no self-esteem or low self-esteem, no confidence, somehow I found that courage, which doesn't require confidence, by the way, Chris. I mean, I found that courage to get on that stage and um, I actually spoke about pigeons and, um, and, and I won the competition and, it, and something changed and I became, I grew, um, metaphorically speaking, and I, I just, the way that I saw myself fitting into society improved by winning that speaking competition and yet it took some courage um, but it's now not a coincidence that I did that and I'm now doing the work that I do all these years later so uh, I think courage does create success um, not always because we, we can be courageous and set up our own business but it might not work out so it doesn't always create success but actually the way that I think it's important the way that you look at these what people sometimes term as failures because actually if that business did not work out there'll be something that you didn't quite do right and we can learn by that and maybe improve the, the next attempt so actually courage eventually does create success in, in one shape or another so, so courage really helps get us into action uh, and, and take those steps i just just find it interesting your your that was a start really of your speaking career wasn't it that <laughs> getting on this from somebody who you say had a, had a low self-image you know, it's it's amazing that you've come from that to 
speaking. I know recently you spoke to 3,000 people at an event. Um, yeah, how have you managed to do that one step at a time? How have you taken well, those steps? Well, once again, it was it was finding the courage. I mean, you mentioned the book that I wrote. That was back in 2004. In 2000, yeah, 2004, I was on the radio publicising the book and somebody asked me to come and speak at a conference. Bearing in mind I've, I've been to prison and I've been kicked out of the army, my, my self-esteem was pretty low again. Um, and I was quite a fragile person, but I, I found the courage to accept the invitation to speak, and I did an, a horrible job all those uh, talks ago. Uh, I, read out, I actually read out of the book, but I just knew instinctively that if I just did it, and I did it again and again, one day I might overcome my fear. And I, I think I spoke this morning at an awards ceremony, and, um, and uh, I, I, I think it was a 1,279th presentation, but I was still nervous. I'm still nervous. It still took some guts to get up there, but I've kind of got used to it now. And uh, and am I so glad uh, that I did? Because it's actually not very difficult to get up there. We think it is. It's the fear that holds us back. And, and how do you? How have you coped when maybe you've had some criticism? Because actually, if you if you fail in front of that situation, you can you, you can um, you can invite quite a lot of criticism because yeah, I'm and, watching you and, and over the years I have had some criticism I remember when I first shared my story about the, in the beginning I, I used to say that um, I tell them mum was murdered by a serial killer and I would go straight on to the next sentence because I've lived with it for so long it's like I've got used to it but they don't even they don't normally know that it's taken what, what, what's what I'm going to share with them and it knocks them for six and Somebody came up to me afterwards and said, you know, when you tell us that, you've got to just shut up, pause, and let us absorb that. So, you know, along the way, people have criticised my delivery, and I think you can learn by all that. Uh, you, can get, you can learn from that feedback. And every once in a while, you know, I can think of some of the feedback I've had, um, you know, too polished. Well, you're just trying, you're trying to do your best, and you can't please everybody. And I think that's how I uh, deal with the criticism. I've just got an indication that we're going to go across to a commercial break. So let's, um, after the break, let's continue and talk about the next two steps in ICANN. Sure. So, great. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. I'm with Richard McCann. Uh, we're talking about... Um, I can uh, the principles from his latest book and also his his life and how he got there. So, Richard, that the third principle is achievement begins with a goal. Tell us from your opinion about you know the importance of making decisions about your goals and also about believing them. Well, I think it's essential that we have goals because um, it's it's almost like ringing up a takeaway and saying send me anything. If you go through life not having some kind of direction, some goal to aim towards, um, although I, I guess real serious goal setting has only happened in in, in real recent years for me, um, and I, I guess that's been involved in the pers- the world of personal development back from Tony Robbins back in two thousand and five or six, whenever it was. So I think it's essentially important because uh, you end up with something you don't want if you don't have a goal, and uh, and that's not what we want. And um, and I think it's close that we believe we can achieve our goals because if we don't believe it, we, we're not going to put the right amount of effort in and, well, it's not going to happen, is it? Um, unless you're one of the lucky ones. And and, and I, I want to contradict myself. Now, I've just said um, it's in recent years that I've understood the full power of goals and goal setting, but actually, if I think back throughout my life, I'd always known about goal setting, really. I wanted to win that speaking competition I because everyone else was reading from notes. I, I learned my, um, my speech inside out you know, with all the preparation, so I walked on stage with no notes, hoping I would win it. So that, that was a goal, you know, going into the army was a goal. I mean, it didn't happen by accident. I was trying to better my life, and I eventually did buy my own house, which was a goal, and um, in fact, I, I only bought that house because I got burgled in my flat, with another positive from a negative. And and then, so so I've actually always known about goal setting, but um, I think I've, I've really applied it even more so especially when I took up the speaking career, because people were telling me that no one's going to want to hear this. You know, you, you're never going to make it as a speaker. It's too dark a subject. But I, I, I guess I put, put, draw a line in the sand and said, no, that's the past. The future will be what I create. And I'm going to be a speaker, and, and I'm going to be a very successful speaker. And, and I'm so glad that I believe that I could achieve it. And, um, yeah. Do, do you think, I mean, do you have a view on maybe a, a certain... In certain opinions, we often get along the way. I can remember getting, you know, opinions that I wasn't going to do well in terms of doing a degree and the qualifications I was going to get at A levels and things by teachers, which turned out to be incorrect. So I was speaking. I've got a very good friend who uh, was a very young and wanted to be a speaker, and he spoke to somebody very experienced after an event that he thought was like great. And the guy said, "No, you, you won't make a speaker at the moment. You're too young." Um, those sorts of dismissive, dismissive comments are, are not always very helpful. I mean, how did you deal with with the comments like your subject's too black, you'll never make yeah. it? Well I, well, I was hurt, actually. I was hurt, I have to say. It, it, it wasn't like I just shrugged it off. I, I've got feelings, and, and I was disappointed that people would say that because I firmly believed that I did have a message to share. In fact, going back a little bit now, when I was a child, being beaten up and laid in bed uh, and having mum murdered and all that, I remember laying in bed. I can remember an occasion laying in bed, and I told myself that, 
that I wasn't too worried about what was going through. I was going to help people around the world in years to come. Now, I had no idea how and I was going to do that. I didn't know about writing. I knew about books, but I didn't think I'd be an author. I certainly didn't know about the world of, the, of speaking. And so actually, when that person said, uh, this is too dark, for it wasn't conference material is what he said. I actually didn't. I, I said, and I told myself, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to do this. And, um, and I'm so glad that I didn't listen to him because I, I do see other speakers come along that have got fantastic stories and, um, and, and, they, and they give up too soon and, and they do listen to some people that tell them that it, can be, it won't work. And I come across other people, you know, entrepreneurs that have ideas and their family and their friends say, no, that's not going to work. So they don't do it. Well, you never know until you try. Mm. Absolutely. So depending upon what people are listening to this audience are thinking, the audience are thinking about what they might like to do. I guess it's a case of you deciding what you want to do and setting it as a goal or a vision and, and you choosing whether you take on board these comments and let them hold you back or not. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I think that one of my early, my early mastermind groups was a great guy, Martin Goodyear. Martin shared this thing about goal setting to me and he said, um, he said, well, first of all, he introduced me to the concept of doubling your goals for a start. But, but what he said was, he said, look around the world, look around. Do other people achieve that thing? Yes, they do. So it can be done. So understand it can be done. You have to accept that you can do it and then let, uh, let the universe do its work. Um, so I kind of, I've never forgot that. <laughs> In fact, I did actually double one of my goals uh, as soon as he said that and achieved it, uh, the, the amount of speed engagements that I wanted to achieve. So... I thought we we'll go off on a tangent a little bit there. But. <laughs> so so in, in, from your perspective, you talked about you know, sharing with many people around the world kind of your life and experiences and adding value to many people. Is that, that not a, like a compelling vision? And then you'd maybe set goals along the way to help you get there as stepping stones. Well, I, I've never gone into so much detail, I'll be honest with you, Chris. Um, I've um, probably not done myself, uh, uh, or I've done myself a disservice by not being um, specific about all the steps to get there. I just, I just believe I will get there. Just get out there, start, just keep, go, continue on the journey. Pick, look, look under every stone, and you will get to where you want to be. Uh, and it might be, ask, it might be asking for assistance along the way, but um, so I don't break it down to the individual steps. Um, like, like the writing of the book, uh, I just thought I'm going to write a book, and I'll, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And um, and I did, and, and so I'm not sure if I'm contradicting myself here a little bit, but I've never been as specific as the, all the individual steps to get there. It's just that that's the big vision, and I know it's going to work. Yeah, <clears throat> keep taking to action towards it. Yeah, and sometimes they don't work out. You know, sometimes it, well, that's okay. Learn from that, and then move, adjust where you're going, and then go maybe slightly different direction. Great. You also talk in your book about break your speed limit. I think that's an interesting concept. Yeah. The, the world's, very, the world's get, moving very quickly this morning. Uh, sorry, very quickly um, at the moment. Um, everything's getting faster and faster and faster, and speed, I think, is important. Would you yeah. like to give us your take on that? Yeah, I'll just explain here. I'm not, I'm not here saying that everybody has to go out and break the speed limit. I don't want to be mm-hmm. uh, responsible for any accidents that are out there. And um, what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about here is, you, you know, you drive on the motorway when you, you, you're in front of a, a big van and it's got, a, it's got like a speed limiter on it. It says this vehicle cannot go more than 56 miles per hour and you're stuck behind it. And, and what, 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 I'm, what I'm getting at with this little kind of concept here is, Often people limit themselves with the speed or the, what they can achieve. Maybe they're, nobody in their families ever set up their own business. So, so, so thinking that they 
could set up their own businesses. Oh, that's way beyond them. And they're limiting themselves. And so that, that's kind of the idea behind that is we, we often, I mean, I've done it. I mean, I've lived my life as if I was in a straitjacket, you know, telling myself, I can't do this and I can't do that because I've not always got it right. And, you know, people that have got their own businesses are better than me. People that have got a degree are better than me. That's a lot of rubbish. And it's just the way that the journey went. And um, so, so that's, guess what I'm saying? I see far too many people not just uh, not breaking their personal speed limit, um, but also walking around with a straitjacket. I mean, I've been to prison. There's more people that have not been to prison that might as well be in prison because they don't do the things they want to do. And uh, they lock themselves into a little um, bubble and, um, and, and I guess I say, limit themselves. So this is more than about, uh, rather necessarily than pace, it's more about breaking yourself out of your limiting beliefs and confines yeah. uh, and, and moving forward. Moving forward and growing, really. We, we, we need to be growing, really, both as, a, as an individual and as a business, if you've got our own business, um, and, and learning new skills and, and, and growing in some way, shape or form. I, I do think there's a, an interesting thing at the moment around, and it's some work I'm doing and sharing quite a lot about, you know, when, when we've got intentions uh, to be really, really successful um, in this very quite a competitive world, it can be about turning those intentions very, very quickly into results and actually getting into action quickly um, as opposed to spending a lot of time thinking, should I do this, should I not do that? But taking those steps quickly or more um, f- quickly advance you in a marketplace that is changing very fast. Does that make sense? Yeah, it reminds me of something I saw. I can't remember it was some documentary I saw, some successful um, entrepreneurs and one of the traits that they all had was they just get on with it. They get on with it. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. I mean, think it through, but, but quickly, take some action, deal with the results. Yes, they might not be the results you were hoping for. You might just have to adjust slightly and then go off in a different direction. It's about moving forward quickly and, and dealing with what goes on around you and just you know, responding to the outcome. It was quite interesting. This morning I was listening to a BBC radio show and they were asking for anybody who got any any comments on the kind of banking crisis. And I stuck, I stuck a little note and suddenly found myself on BBC and being asked about whether, about the banking crisis and whether the, uh, the current chief exec of Barclays Bank should resign and whatever. And yeah. it, was a, it was a fascinating experience, but it just was a little step uh, that I took, uh, which maybe a few years ago I wouldn't have took, and suddenly I find myself with a, you know, an interesting new scenario. There you go. I, I, I had one myself a, a couple of hours ago. I got an email from someone that says, you must speak to the speaker agency. Uh, I rang them up immediately, and she said, I'm just looking at your website. He must have put a word in for me. <laughs> they, are now look, they were looking for a speaker for a massive franchise show, uh, or sorry, franchisee, franchise company, and uh, she said, I think you fit the bill perfectly. So I just, you know, I could have left that for a week. I could have, you know, but I got on the phone straight away, connected with them, and just... So happened she was looking at my website, and uh, I think that's what you got to do. You just got to act quickly, and and I think you'll get success quicker as well. Yeah, so it's about reducing that time between intention and action, mm. and the quicker you can do reduce that, the more you get you get to happen, I think, and more that comes back. So let's look at your fourth principle, which is I think a very salient one with your experience and your life story, which is never give up. I mean, sure. there's, there's some great ideas in your book about putting the effort in and uh, keeping going. I wonder what are your favourite examples of never giving up? And we've, we've got about three minutes to commercial break. We can continue afterwards if we need to. Yeah. 
I think never give up. I mean, it's not not a concept I own. You know, many speakers talk about never giving up. But if I mean, I almost gave up. You know, took my life. I'm so glad I didn't. Now having three kids, but I think it's for me. Sort of, if I think about my my book, selling nearly half a million copies, I almost gave up. In fact, actually, short term, I did give up. I was sending out proposals everywhere. Nobody was interested, and I could have thrown the towel in. And um, in fact, I did stop writing at, uh, at some point. But then I continued sending out some more proposals. I sent out about 14 in all. And I finally got myself an agent. And then she got me a publisher. And now that's a great example of, of never giving up. Because that decision then never to give up or not to give up writing the book led on to the PR on the radio, led to my first speaking engagement, and then led to the speaking career that I've now got. So all these things, uh, it's, it's great when you look back and look at the journey and um, and that's a great example of never giving up, I suppose. Don't know if we've got enough time for the break, but uh, when I came out of prison, almost gave up there, didn't I? But that very last interview that I went for was the one that saved my house uh, at the very last minute. So two great examples of not giving up and, and, and looking under every stone, I suppose. And you found somebody there, so we've got another couple of minutes, but you found, oh, somebody, you found somebody there who uh, really believed in you, didn't he? Gave you a chance? Um, yeah, um, well, well, actually, no, I had to lie, remember, that I had not been to prison. So, okay. uh, I, mean, it's, it, I mean, I had the skills, it, it was working awareness initially, uh, but then when I started working there, I shone, I, I tried to grow and acquire uh, some more skills, and then, you know, before long, my, my, my salary uh, nearly trebled, so I was able to pay off the money that I owed to the banks. I mean, it's as if there's someone who's been looking after me, you know, throughout this journey, uh, guiding me and p- putting people in my path that are just there at the right time, in order for me to go to the next level, the next job, the next opportunity. It's, it's, it's a funny old world. I could speak all day about some of the strange things that's actually taken place throughout my life. can be very serendipitous sometimes, can't it? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Honestly, you wouldn't believe it, Chris. Um, actually, no, I mean, I'll just tell you, I was at a conference the other day, I was speaking to somebody, um, and I, I was trying to coach another speaker, and I said, have you got an opportunity for this particular speaker, Steve Wilkinson, uh, Steve Robinson, sorry, he's, he's lost one arm. And, and as I'm speaking to this potential client, Steve rings me up. As I'm stood with him, it was an incredible uh, moment. But yet, those things seem to happen even more so uh, of late. Amazing. Well, we'll come back after the commercial break and we've got some more uh, great questions and uh, thought um, to discuss with Richard McCann. So do join us after the break, which will only be another couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for both an inside and insightful look at what you're not seeing in media coverage of today's legal, business, and policy battles, tune into In the Court of Public Opinion with host Jim Haggerty. What happens in the public arena affects us all. Whether you're following the latest high-profile court case, corporate crisis, or are just interested in government and policy, be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The witnesses are ready and the jury seated. So join us for our next session in the Court of Public Opinion. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. 
Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And if you want to find out uh, about future shows coming up, my thoughts on past shows, do uh, uh, subscribe to my newsletter at bemoreachievemore.com. And I I only send one out once a month, so you're not bombarded. Um, Richard, I wonder, what might you say or recommend to people right now who might be at that point, you know, maybe with their businesses, uh, maybe with you know, areas of their life that they're feeling like giving up? What would your advice be? Well, my, my instinct is, well, don't give up, because uh, I do say that. But actually, um, if I think about my sister who gave up eventually in 2007 and took her own life, people have a choice. It's, and, and if people do want to give up, actually, they have a choice to do that, haven't they? Um, so that's my, my initial thoughts. Um, but for me, what helped me when I was at some of my lowest points in my life is, is reaching out and asking for help. That's what's helped me um, not give up. Um, the Samaritans I'm thinking of and, um, and, and, and another organisation who I'm now involved with, another charity, Support After Murder and Manslaughter. So I've, I've reached out, and not to mention the, the counselling that I've had for a number of years as well. I've, I guess when I've struggled to kind of deal with some of the stuff that I've, I'm, I'm associated with, I've, I've reached out and that's, that's helped me. Um, find a way through some of the mess, shall we say. Some people have a kind of natural affinity to um, avoid sharing their problems and issues with other people, actually seeking help. Uh, I just wonder what your message might be to them. And once, once, I mean, by the way, I'm, I'm no professional psychologist here. I can, I can only share my opinion of, of what I've experienced. Um, and that is... The biggest change for me, or one of the biggest changes for me, was when I, I got my counselling and I, I was able to put things into perspective and, 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 and no longer see the things that took place in my life in the past um, as, as, as my fault. And, and that was kind of a really great process to go through. So all I can say is for me it helped. But I, And I see lots of people that don't ask for help um, don't reach out, and 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 it can be damaging, and and it can it, it can limit you um, moving forward. So that's just my uh, opinion, and I wouldn't want to tell people what they have to do. Everyone has to you know, make their own decisions here and, and choose what what they believe is right for them. But it certainly helps me, and and I've seen it you know countless times help other people by just reaching out and and asking for help. I suppose. Yeah, <clears throat> and I suppose taking those opportunities when you. You meet people who potentially can help you. I remember you saying you'd met a, a somebody called W. Mitchell, who I, I'm very kind of aware of, and that was a very important meeting. It Do was. Share us, tell us yeah. about that. 
Yeah, and in fact, I, I met him at the Professional Speaking Association on the 4th, 5th, 6th of November 2006. I, I remember it as if it were yesterday because, and it wasn't something that I reached out and asked for help from, but I went to be, well, I was told by another member of the of what we call the PSA to go and, and see Dylan Mitchell in, in action. He blew me away from the stage and he helped me make that courageous step to decide to become a full-time speaker because I was at university at the time and um, struggling to know whether I was going to work. I remember people trying to talk me out of it and uh, I saw Dougal Mitchell and he absolutely blew me away. And if anybody's not seen him, you must check him out, go online and watch, buy his videos. He's fantastic. And so, so that's, W. Mitchell was my inspiration, he's one of my heroes, I suppose, and uh, I met him a couple of times since. And I have told him, you know, uh, what he's, I guess, indirectly gone on to do, and that's to inspire all the, all the people that I've inspired, because it's actually his inspiration that helped me do it. So, so yeah, a, a great figure, and um, one of my role models, and a, a person I'm never going to forget. If you want to find out more about uh, about W. Mitchell, I'll, after this interview, I'll put um, on my uh, be More Achieve More Facebook page. If you go to Be More Achieve More Facebook page and like that, I'll put on there a uh, a video that uh, one of our colleagues, Franz Furness, did with with uh, W. Mitchell, and you'll see why he is just uh, so inspirational. Um, and, and we've kind of you mentioned there, I think, in your your book about uh, keeping a journal. Um, I, I think, and we've mentioned that on this show before, and you've certainly inspired me actually to get going again with mine um, after I saw you uh, speak a few months ago, and I, I just wondered how helpful you find keeping that journal. You just refer back to 2006 entry. Um, uh, I, I just think I also have like a gratitude book as well, and I think you know being grateful for the thing, things that go on around us. I just think it's a good thing to do, and it's um, a positive thing to do because if we're grateful. If we're grateful, we can be grateful for the positive things that happen around us in amongst some of the negative stuff that's out there. So that's that, that's a great thing to do. Um, but I just think it's fascinating. Uh, to I mean, sometimes, for example, you can think of a great idea and that's it. Well, we'll get it written down in your journal because you could refer back to that. And, you know, there's so much going on out there nowadays. You mentioned it earlier. It's so fast-moving. Uh, you have to document this. And, and for me personally, looking back at this book on the... The, I'm looking at it now on the 4th, 5th and 6th of November, I attended this conference and I said, I've written it down, what on earth am I doing at university? And, uh, and I'm so glad that I documented my thoughts and, um, and, and you know, made the brave step and it's something I can, I mean, this might make a good book actually, one <laughs> 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 uh, day maybe. Um, I think it's good to document these things and uh, so, so not to forget them and also that we can look back and reinforce things that we've learned maybe at conferences or ideas we've heard from other people. So, so, so that's a couple, of reasons where, a couple of reasons there why I think it's a good idea to have them. Fantastic. I know, I know some people choose to, uh, to do this, some of this sort of thing as a blog, don't they, and then actually make books out of them. We had, a, we had Alan Stevens and Paul Dutois talking about speaking, presenting confidently a few weeks ago, and it was just fascinating that uh, Alan had written for 10 years his uh, it's a weekly newsletter, and he got a section now about exceptional speaking or something like that. Paul had been very inspired by that and got in touch, and, and he actually made helped together write a book out of that particular section in that newsletter. No, I, I, know, I, I know both of them. I met Paul again down in South Africa a few weeks ago, and I was speaking there. Um, yeah, I mean, many people do that. They'll, they'll write the blog. I mean, I'm not a big blog writer, I have to say. I'm, I'm not busy speaking 200 times a year. I, I'm, I'm on the road all the time. But I do like to post uh, my blog postings wherever I can. Uh, I just, just posted one recently about uh, exceptional customer service, um, but, but, which I had in one of my local hotels. And 
and uh, and actually then contacted the hotel to let them know that they, that they thought it was fantastic and uh, who knows where those things can lead. But yeah, I think it's it's great to do a blog, but you've got I think you've got to be disciplined, and uh, and I'm not disciplined enough because um, I'm on the road all the time. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, three minutes to close, so I've got probably another couple of minutes for this okay. this question. I just wonder what are the key messages that you would like to leave us with. Well, obviously, we've mentioned those four messages, but I think, I think for me, if, if, if there's one thing that we can all uh, learn from or need to be reminded of is that we can all do far more than we'll ever understand. So the, so the stuff out there that we can do that we're actually never going to do because when we've not been courageous enough to do it or we've not sat down and thought about it or you know shared ideas or tried things out. So I think it's a, the, the main message is we can all do more than we think uh, that we can fantastic well <clears throat> a couple of years ago i probably wouldn't imagine being on the radio uh, interviewing you and you've been an absolutely incredible guest i mean i just think your story is so inspirational and it is just uh, you know amazing to see where you've taken that what you've achieved and now how many how much good is coming actually from what was a pretty awful upbringing so you know, yeah. full respect yeah, th- th- thanks, Chris. I, I think, you know, going a bit deep here, but I think it was always meant to be. I think I, I chose this life and uh, I'm here to share this message and, and I hopefully I'll continue doing it till the day that I uh, leave this uh, planet, which I hope is a good few years yet. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Uh, to find out more about Richard McCann, and you can also um, obtain and find out about copies of his book, and I mentioned I Can uh, is also the first his first book, which I think was the, the big seller about uh, a boy. Was that correct? Uh, yeah, just a boy. Just a, I'm first. sorry, just a boy. Yeah, okay. um, so go to richardmccann.co.uk. That's the one. Yep. Um, great stuff. And on next week's show, uh, we'll be live with uh, Graham Codrington. We're talking about um, about change and about the, the challenges of change and how to adapt to change. Graham is an incredible guy. He is uh, extremely qualified with about five degrees. He's, uh, he's got an amazing business. He speaks in over 25 countries and to over 100,000 people every single year. He absolutely understands this subject uh, like nobody else that, that I know. And for the, for the small business owner and the, and the entrepreneur or whoever you are, being able to adapt to change right now and actually seize the opportunity is so important. So really looking forward to that show next week. Um, again, um, f- to find out more about the shows, be beemoreachievemore.com subscribe to the newsletter and Richard McCann uh, thanks very much real pleasure Chris you take care cheers bye bye we thank you for listening to Be More Achieve More please join your host Chris Cooper again next Friday at 8am US Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel enjoy your week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.